You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's guest is a one-of-a-kind. Um, he is a, a traveler and a, an adventurer uh, in the physical realms and in the, and in the mental realms as well. You know, this is a man that is uh, trying to um, divide himself and conquer uh, the different parts that make us up as humans. He is the number two ranked bantam weight uh, fighter in the world. Uh, we are honored to have Mr. Corey Sandhagen. From the mountains like you, bro. Great question. Great question. Fucking Death Mountain, bro. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's true. Mordor Mountain. This shit could be from a questionable (laughs) mountain, man. I didn't think about that, man. They don't really tell you what mountain. (laughs) This shit could be from West Virginia. (laughs) This shit could have a literacy in it. Is that where you're from? Virginia? I'm from Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, man, I'm from down in Louisiana, man. Uh, got the kid in here today, right there. Yep. There you go. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sugar Sean gave me those. Oh, nice. You had him on, too? He came on a while back before nice. he hurt himself. Yeah, nice. Before he got uh, hurtened. Mm hurtened up man he's a cool dude i met him a couple times yeah he's a super nice dude he's yeah. uh and now he's a family guy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he sprouted that kid out of nowhere i think he's got like a gym in his garage and everything yeah his house does look cool when you're kind of watching yeah. him it seemed, yeah, yeah, it seemed yeah. like he's on like a uh <laughs> he's either in witness protection program at a really nice place <laughs> yeah, or, does. or he just has like a really cool uh like domicile you it's know like a fantasy factory yeah it seems yeah. like he's got some real space to him yeah. Um, Corey Sanhagen, man, dude, thanks for being here. Bro. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's Thank crazy, you, bro. dude. <laughs> it's crazy to be around uh, 
because I feel like when I was a kid, I would be so afraid to be around somebody that could fight, you know, mm -hmm. like unless they were my friend. Like otherwise it was like fighter dudes. You always like like if you were like in the hall at school and somebody could fight, you always had to like kind of keep a beam out of the side <laughs> of your eye. Yeah. Yeah. When you were um in high school, was there like a fight? Was there like a kid you remember growing up with, like, oh, that dude can fight? Um, Not really, man. Like uh, I would say that. So I grew up in Aurora, Colorado, mm -hmm. which is like, a, you know, not like a rough area because it's Colorado or whatever. But right. like as far as Colorado goes, it's maybe like one of the more, you know, like rougher areas or whatever. But, dude, I had this friend, Thomas Johnson, mm -hmm. who he was about my size. I was really little growing up, too. Like I was I was supposed to be five foot two. The doctor told me my no whole way. life. Yeah. And you beat it. I beat it, man. Fuck yeah, yeah dog. Yeah, fuck. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Nick was premature baby, man. He's doing great. Damn, nice, Nick. So we got a lot of comeback kids up in here, baby. That's what's up. Um, no, bro, but this dude, Thomas Johnson, I never seen him throw a punch once in his life. Because anytime he would get in an altercation with someone, mm -hmm. the, the move he would do, because he was little also, mm -hmm. is he would start looking around, bro. Like he would start looking around and it would freak people out because oh, he'd be wow. like... Because he'd think that, you know, the other person thought that he was going to smoke him, like, because no teachers were watching or anything. Oh, so it was yeah. a bit of a kind of pomp and circumstance kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're, when you're little, man, you got to have, like, little tactics. Oh, like you got to have know? game Like, plans. I would look on the ground for stuff. If I felt someone was going to, you know, go uh -huh. off on me, I'd start to, like, look at a stick or look at a cone or something, you know. So what you can do, strategize a little bit or something, or just have some, like, maybe, oh, he's not looking at me right now. Like, he must be thinking something, like, just yeah. something. Or, like, uh. Or, yeah, just confuse them, bro. It's the art of war, you know? Like yeah. Anytime you can create some chaos in the other person's mind, you do it. Damn. Yeah. Do you use, like, is that something that you still kind of go on today? Like, because some guys do a lot of, like, um, peacock. You know, Sean's kind mm -hmm. of a peacock kind of guy. Um, Sugar Sean and uh, Connor actually is, is one of the more famous ones. Um, do you that doesn't really seem to be your vibe as much. Mm -mm. Do you feel like there's stuff like that when you get right into the octagon that you're doing? Or is there subtle things that maybe that we wouldn't notice unless you told us? I think that, I think that people carry around energy, obviously. Mm -hmm. And like pretty much the entire time I'm in fight week or I'm, uh, or definitely when we're facing off or anything in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to, kill you you damn. know you know damn. next time next time we see each other i'm gonna try to kill you, you oh, know? Damn, so i try bro. to carry i try to carry that energy with me all the time because oh, okay you know i think that while it's subtle i think like you know people pick up on that for sure oh i can feel it right now dude <laughs> even though you're just kind of like you know putting it in the air just to kind of show it it's kind of crazy because i really can feel like mm. not that you're trying to kill me but just that you're putting that thing out there like this like this force field almost mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. this thing like i'm gonna let this sit in the air because it's an ambiance that I built inside of me and it has fucking arms that can reach out into the air. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> yep, yep, it does. Uh, I think one of the, you know, most interesting things that one of my buddies said to me one time is he goes, uh, he goes, man, like you're a really nice, like quiet guy, you know, soft spoken, but like it wouldn't surprise me if you were out there like being a serial killer or something. I was like, Thank like, you, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. That's, that's what I'm trying to put out there, you know? <laughs> Dang, man. Um, did anybody, when you were growing up, was there anybody that had that, like a vibe that you didn't ever know how they were feeling? Like they, I'm just trying to wonder where some of that comes from. If that's just like a, just like a thing you, that you choose as a fighter or were there growing up? Was there ever 
like I never knew how my mom felt growing up. Like she was always just working mm -hmm. real hard, and but I never knew when she got home if she was gonna be like in a good mood. I just never knew really what was going on with her. Did you have like was there anybody in your life like that growing up where you just kind of mm. and there doesn't have to be. I'm just kind of. I, I don't think so. I don't even really think that, you know, you can definitely pick up on energy when you're about to fight someone, you know, uh -huh. like where they are in their in their headspace. I think that wow. your body goes through some type of like survival mechanism also where like it's it's reading the other person a little bit closer than I think that, you know, like right now when mm -hmm. we're just having a conversation. I think when you're about to fight, you're able to read body language a little bit easier. And I think that they're able to read theirs a little bit easier. So, um as you know, I, th I think that that's a big part of the sport, though, is like, yeah, that like body language reading, you know, that energy type of reading. And uh, but no, growing up, I, I definitely didn't have that skill. So I don't really, really? Know growing up. Yeah. So it wasn't something. So did you think of yourself as like a tough kid growing up? I knew that I was tough. Like I was a very like physical kid. Mm -hmm. Like I was really aggressive. But like I said, man, like I had to be humble because I was so little. You right. know, I think that the people in the smaller weight classes have to be humble because oh, yeah. look, man, I'm a 135er and like I, I noticed that there's a different way that 35ers act and like the littler weight classes act versus like the 170 and up because like us, even though we can be more skilled than a lot of the other people uh, or the heavier weight classes, like those people, you know, like the law of nature is the bigger animal usually beats the smaller animal. So like, I think just growing up smaller, you have to be a little bit more humble in those ways. Right. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's just kind of like, um, yeah, even the wrestlers in school had a different energy than the foot had to have a different energy than the football team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the football team kind of got all the, a lot of the looks and the, the, the accolades and like they got to really be boastful and wear the Letterman jackets. But the wrestlers had to have almost this more like quiet, uh, be hungry a hungry yes. vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, literally <laughs> yeah. a hungry vibe. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be more like a quiet commander of themselves, kind of, you know? Yep. Yep. Did you play anything? You're a big dude, man. I didn't expect you to be that big, really? bro. Kinda I'm just pretty dude, much regular know. size, you man. Look I dense, feel like, bro. yeah, I'm fucking dense. Yeah, I'm you built like a, um, like a uh, gingerbread man. When you pull up a gingerbread cookie, man, um, I'm definitely built like a gingerbread cookie. Uh, that hair looks way better in real person, too. Oh, thanks, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm probably. I was going to try to grow one out, but you messaged me too late, bro. You got to give me a couple months next time. <laughs> Have a rat tail next time. Dude, I could see you maybe with a rat tail. That's how I'm built. See, that I got that body physique yep. like a gingerbread man without the uh, the the sugar art on it. But uh, yeah, I'm really just close knit, bro. Not a ton of dexterity. I'm built like a Conestoga wagon right there, bro. That's exactly how I'm built. Narrow body, dude. Not a, like, you know. Um, yeah, like I, I can go over some bumps, dude, but I'll easily go off a cliff, you know, if I get a little <laughs> too close to the edge. What'd uh, you play, bro? I played basketball. Oh, nice. I played basketball growing up, too. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Player. I read that somewhere. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I got to ask this, man. We'll, bring, we'll show this picture that we show a lot of me playing some hoops right here. Um, there we go right there. That's me on the squad right there, bottom left. <laughs> And a lot of these men, dude, had children, had a lot of these men had what jobs. Is this, like a college dude? <laughs> this is yeah. like a D3? No, dog, this is fucking, <laughs> Middle this school? is seventh grade, baby, Dang, right there. Bro. 
<laughs> you were big back then too dude i was a fucking long guy bro i was doing a good <laughs> carried a lot of weight in my ears back then dude. <laughs> ears and nose bro that's what my yeah my ears only got bigger after the cauliflower ear that's crazy so how long does it take to start that cauliflower ear how, mm. how long does it take to really sprout it's like that? a you know i it's like because it's the skin and then like your cartilage mm -hmm. the skin gets away from the cartilage by getting like banged up or whatever fills up with blood and then you know depending on how well you take care of it depends on like how much you have so like some guys you see have like nice cauliflower ear this one bro was like the size of a ping pong ball in there and uh i would just drain it and drain it and drain it because i didn't want to stop training and i definitely didn't want to wear headgear so i would just keep draining it and draining it and then one day i, ha I wasn't able to drain it anymore because the king supers i used to go to mm -hmm. to get the syringes because you do it with the syringe oh damn just quit giving me syringes no they're like no they're drugs? like no kid yeah <laughs> they're like they're like no kid like you've been here every day for the last two months <laughs> you don't get any more needles you know like this kid's putting heroin into his ears <laughs> or yeah. maybe they were doing it for the drug addicts actually now that i think about it maybe like hey man we're running out of needles man some people need those yeah it could have been man maybe yeah maybe people the wire might have been put back on hbo <laughs> um i remember using uh steroids and we'd have to go to like a place and convince them to give us the needles when i was in high school <laughs> and that shit was always awkward the lies we would make up it's for a dog as we would always say dude <laughs> like one kid said it was for this is the worst dude my friend was such an idiot he said it was for his um voodoo doll the lady's like well fucking just get some regular needles you don't need fucking hypodermic syringes unless your voodoo dolls fucking really going through some tough shit you know um dude you're really becoming like a a star in your sport have you always felt uh what are some of the things that happen with ego and stuff like that that start to happen that come with popularity because that's a real thing and it's some it's out of your control some of it's out of your control like that more eyes start to see you and more people are curious about you like there's nothing you as a person can do about that you're just achieving your goals mm -hmm. um what's it been like kind of like noticing some of that and um and responding to it yeah uh, I mean I'll answer and then I would actually like to hear your answer to the same thing to be honest because I don't feel like you know I'm near the caliber of something that you're at you know but one day I would like to be too but uh, I think man like I got you know really fortunate in uh, one the coach that I, I'm with right now who uh, his name's Christian Allen um, who taught me a lot about all of that way way from the beginning uh, where I was kind of being, you know, prepped and primed in order to kind of like not not deal with success, but just to deal with the everyday egos of life and stuff. So, man, I, lo I lost my first fight maybe like five years ago now. Um, and uh, when I lost that fight, I had to do a lot of soul searching because I had put a lot of my identity in being a fighter and, and being this like, you know, prospect and, you know, up and like I was supposed to win every single fight I went into I was supposed to win because I was supposed to be the guy mm -hmm. and I had always come from a really good gym like I came from grudge where like some really really top level guys came from Brendan used to train there all of those guys um so when I lost my first fight I had to really do some searching you know uh I spent about six months probably you know Thursday to Sunday every day in the mountains either camping or hiking or, or both um and that's kind of where I learned to like meditate learn mm. to silent my mind um, and just kind of, you know, like listen to that little ego that's inside your head because it'll chirp off, you know, like it still chirps off no matter how much I feel like I do still, oh, yeah. you know, of course. Uh, 
so man like i i know that it's in there right like i know that you know uh it's in there like it wants power it wants to conquer it wants to it wants things you know like every need is an ego to feed there's a you know uh, a bob marley from a bob marley song but uh it's still in there man but i think it's just more about like how how do you respond to it best in a way where it doesn't impact relationships with yourself uh and with other people mm. because i mean at, at the end of the day man like we're humans we're social animals like i think that that's more or less why we're on the planet is to interact and to love each other and all of that jazz um and i think that if you let your ego get in the way of those types of things that's where the ego really is taking over your life you know so i just try to keep it right underneath that but but right at the level where it's like nah but when i go in the cage i'm still trying to you know win and 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 get all the things i want because i want a lot of things in my life right yeah so still able to like just kind of almost corral it like at least have some control yeah. over it sure that's interesting yeah i think meditation is probably really really key to that kind of stuff you yeah. know do you um, do it I don't do it as much as I as I should, and I can feel when I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I can feel like, like the uneasiness inside of me, yeah, the like uncertainty. Clutter. Yes, clutter. and I can feel it start to push from the inside mm -hmm. of me out towards onto my like the inside of my skin. Yep, yep. So it's funny when I know I have more control over that, like um, things roll off my shoulders easier. I don't give in to like a lot of the traps of my brain and mm -hmm. of society. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a little bit more in control of myself. And then I feel like I can also do my best work then just as a human. Yeah. Not even as like a comedian or podcaster, but just as a human, as a brother, as a son, as a friend, as a coworker, all that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, what, what, uh, how do you make the clutter go away then? Um, I think a lot of times I'll use yoga right now, and then I just started getting mm -hmm. into doing um, jujitsu. Nice, you know, I'm nice. white belt. Hell yeah! So they give it to you when you get there. But I am, <laughs> uh, I'm a certified white belt. So uh, yeah, so that's been cool, man. I never realized how much um, anger I had, and this will, this goes back to what you were asking me about. My answer to that question was. Man, when I like about two years ago, I kind of got into a space where I was just getting more popular, mm -hmm. and um, and I think something I had a lot of anger. I got a lot of anger because I I I, I think I always thought inside of myself when I got to a certain level of achievement, whatever we view achievement as or success, whatever, and it doesn't have to be monetary success, but it could just be. A platform or finally having your voice heard or um, finally achieving your physical potential like just if when I got to a certain level of success that I was gonna feel a, a level of accomplishment that that matched it or that I don't know that that the world was gonna be different yeah suddenly yeah. the problems the uncertainties the the low self-worth all that shit would be completely gone and I think when I started to arrive at some of those places it wasn't and I realized you're still just st stuck with just re just life. Yeah. That you know, like it still pisses you off when yes. someone cuts you off in yes. traffic. Yeah. Everything that still that's never gonna go away. Yeah. Yeah. You're still yeah. life doesn't come out and say there's nothing that there's not like a magical waterfall that opens up and a man or yeah. woman walks out and says congratulations you did it. <laughs> yeah. There's never that thank you for mm -hmm. your effort. Um, I think there's something inside of me. I think it got so angry because there wasn't like a you know, you don't get the golden orb or whatever, that Quidditch ball. You don't get, you know, there's no big thank you for your effort. Yeah. 
And uh, and that made you angry? It made me angry. And I yeah. didn't know it was going yeah, to. Yeah, it yeah. was just inside of me. And mm. so I think I got so angry and I was having trouble finding a place to put it. And then since I started going to the jujitsu gym, man, I get it literally has to come out of me because I'm fucking caged up by some 50 or 60 year old man. Yeah. And I can't fucking do anything, you know, (laughs) or they put me against some fucking, you know, spastic Adderall out six, five guy. The white belts are the most dangerous guys, bro. (laughs) Bro, They're the most dangerous dudes. I'm fighting a guy that drives a bread truck dude, all night. <laughs> he hasn't even slept and he's in there. The guy's fucking jacked Just out of his taking bro- caffeine pills oh, dude, before, yeah. bro. That's a real thing, man. We got a couple guys like that too at the gym. It's crazy, bro. So, but just my me wanting wanting something and not having any control over it. Mm. That's those moments where I'm just caged up. I can't move somebody. I can't. And I'm trying with part muscles in my yeah. nut. <laughs> yeah. Muscles I didn't even know were in my body. I'm trying with and having no and and there's no return from the world. Yeah. And it's like it kind of answered that that question that I had where I wanted some return and then it's like jujitsu shows you that there's just there's no return, but it's kind of okay. Yeah, and you go back to a place where you each shake each other's hand, and it's all good, and and you try and learn a different way yep. next time. Yep. Um, yeah, so jujitsu is anyway. good for that, man. Jujitsu is good because I think that you know, like, uh, so I don't know how closely you followed all of my fighting and stuff, but in the in the last two fights, I've really like. Uh, come to find you know i don't want to call it like anger but that place where like i know that i have to go out and be a different person than like when i'm walking day to day oh your confidence has changed even from the outs of the aljus fight your confidence seems different when Mm -hmm. you are in there when you're entering as a viewer it Mm -hmm. seems different um yeah what do you attribute that to kind of uh i up the meditations i up the visualizations uh i started feeding my brain different things uh because like I said, man, like, um, I like to think that, you know, a lot of life is about relationships and loving each other and this and that, you know, and, uh, you know, I've read, I've done my fair share of reading on like Eastern philosophy and, you know, eliminating the ego, eliminating desires and, you know, all of that jazz. And I realized that that's really great to like, be able to like, you know, conquer, conquer like some peace inside of you, you know, and be able to like do that. I think after you do that though, if you're going to be in the world that I'm in, you need to you need to also like conquer war, you know, and you need to learn a lot about that and you need to and you need to know how to get there, you know. So um, the point that I was bringing up, man, is that like that's inside of everyone, you know, like the same type of anger and like, you know, like, let me get this out type of feeling I think is inside of everyone. I don't think everyone gets to experience it and I don't think that everyone gets to see it as a positive thing. Mm. And because I always saw it as not a positive thing. And when, when someone would walk out or after a fight, act like a, you know, like an arrogant idiot, you know, like I would judge that person, you know? And then I got to thinking after I lost, I was like, man, like, there is a level of peacocking happening. There is a level of intimidation. Like there is a level of manipulation. Like uh, there's a reason that like warriors in the past used to torture each other. It's not because they liked it. It's because if I torture this person and, and I peacock because that was kind of their version of peacocking, that's going to scare the other side. Right. The other guys sitting around the ring who are fighting me next or yep. who I might run around the next corner, they're going to see me yep. differently. Yep. They're going to see me differently. And uh, it's true, man. It's true, man. And I think uh, there's a lot. That's like a separate art in itself is just like the being able to get yourself to a state where it's like nothing else matters except for beating this person. 
nothing else matters. Uh, and that's where I've been going in, in the, in the last couple of times, you know, and, and I attribute it to a lot of meditations, but I'm doing different kind of meditations. I know everyone kind of throws that word around and I'm not a guru or anything, so I don't know the terminology or whatever, but in my experience, there's a lot of different kinds. Mm -hmm. So now I'll do some where it's like, instead of making myself really peaceful, now it's time to go on that other end of the spectrum and be able to, you know, if I can quiet my mind, great, but now let's kind of like wake it up, you know, or not wake up the mind, but wake up the body to a point where it's like, when it's go time, like I can actually go, yeah. you know? And uh, so a lot of it is that man and, and just wow. figuring that out. Yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. interesting philosophy really um, to create that angst in you because there's one thing about getting ready for something, getting hype. There's a, there's one thing about getting hype for something. Yeah. Like you could play basketball in high school and stuff and get hype for it. That's a different, let's go. You know, you're excited. You got, you know, you, you've done some warm ups. There's a different thing about how do I make myself like that a victory is a necessity. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I get the part of me that when someone does something to me and I can't do something back to them, that vitriol that arises, how do you create that in a moment? Because yeah. the power of that is so much more tangible and real and vicious than the power of, okay, let's just get hype. Mm -hmm. Let me fucking high five my buddies. You know, it's just, yeah. that's a different world. So to have a meditation for war that's kind of fascinating, man. I had, I never even thought about that. It's all survival, man. You know, it's all survival. And survival, that's a great word. I, I think that all of our lives, man, because um, I, I used to work at a trauma facility too for like uh, for kids that had like histories of trauma and stuff. And so, and, and I went to school for psychology uh, at CU Boulder. So, you know, I'm, I'm no expert by any means. You know, I was just on call. I would just fill in or whatever, like for, for the, the people that were actually doing a lot of the work at, at this place called Mount St. Vincent's. But wow. Um, it's a pretty powerful place. It's a super powerful place, man. I, I think that I would attribute a lot of like what I've learned in life to that facility. Wow. Um, I used to be there a lot more, man. Like, like I said, it was an on-call position. So it was like, I pretty much would make my own hours. So, uh, back before I was in the UFC and even while I was in the UFC, actually, I just resigned maybe a couple months ago, mm -hmm. uh, just because I still liked having it, uh, be a part of my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was working there for a while uh, and, and you, you know, like you learn a lot about just like how the brain works, obviously, but you learn that like, man, we're all just doing things in order for us to be able to survive better. Yeah. You know, like the kids that I was working with, they developed a certain amount of behaviors because in because in they their environments them. they needed them you know and we're well, preaching to the choir this is like <laughs> we talk about this all the time on this podcast oh, like, nice. i still suffer from survival skills that i needed from trauma as a kid that i still use today that affect me negatively now yeah and, th and that becomes the problem is when you have a certain survival set in this environment but now you're living in this environment uh. and it's like man i don't need those anymore but for me man like i need a different level of survival techniques in order for me to go out into the cage and to be able to perform at the highest level that I can. And like, I've, I've learned what those survival techniques are, you know, and, and I, and I'm still figuring it out, man. Like even in the last fight that I had against Frankie, like I felt way more like, uh, powerful, you know, when I was like, I felt way more powerful than even I did when I was going against Marlon, uh, which was another really good fight of mine. Right. So yeah, Marlon Moraes. Yep. 
people yeah. say his last name different. People should meet before <laughs> and decide how they're going to say his last name. You know what I'm saying? Let's fucking do that next time. Uh, uh, but no, man, great. Both, I mean, both of them were great fights. But no, it's interesting to see. So, so starting to recognize that there's other skills you can still master outside of, and not even master, but start start to learn and navigate outside of just the ones that would seem like the most uh, the most popular. For fighters yeah that that's everything to me man like uh everyone's good bro like everyone that i'm gonna fight for the rest of my career is gonna be good yeah, it's gonna be good dude. bro i know bro i had that moment i had that moment <laughs> i forget when it was dude i think it was like dude it must have been uh that sucks dude, like one or two years ago i was like i'm not wrecking yeah, yeah. i was like i'm not wrecking anyone anymore bro i remember i had the moment i was sitting there and i was thinking i was like man i need to just get used to this shit bro i was like <laughs> i like had an internal battle bro i was like man every single dude for the next probably 10 years is gonna like be at this level you know that's crazy yeah man. it sucked to come to that conclusion but you know i've settled into it um <laughs> It was, let's get that question up of Nick about the hours, minutes, and months before. Mm-hmm. And you're, Chris Allen's here. That's your coach? Yep, yep, yep. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's cool of him to come out. Yeah, yeah. Me and him are best friends, too. He's oh, just damn. my coach. Yeah, yeah. He's... Dude, I would like to see you guys do a tag team versus freaking <laughs> uh, Sugar Sean and Tim Welch one day, dog. <laughs> For charity. That'd be fun. Yeah, what kind of match? What, like a uh, slap damn, box? I don't know. It could be whatever. Box, Look, like it a... could just be video games if what you are those want. Things? What are those things you take to the pool? it could be noodles yeah, <laughs> yeah noodles there we go Here's you know uh, recently i realized i was paying 300 dollars for car insurance and then i did some adjustment now i'm not even joking i'm paying 53 dollars now is something wrong if i get in an accident am i actually covered i have no idea i need to check more but the bottom line is that it has been reported that americans overall are spending $21 billion on our auto insurance. Overpay, overpaying that much. Overpaying $21 billion. That's insane. Thankfully, the zebra.com is the nation's leading car insurance comparison site. You can do a comparison and know what's going on. Before, you couldn't do it. You had to ask somebody, and you had to ask somebody else, and you had to drive back and forth across town. You know, somebody's doing hate crimes. You got to hope for the best. But that's all changed. The zebra.com, the only place you can compare quotes side by side from over 100 providers and choose the best for you in 90 seconds or less. Plus, they will never sell your information to the spammers. TechCrunch calls the zebra kayak for auto insurance. You can save up to $670 a year. How much can you save? Can you save on car and home? Insurance, go today. Start saving. TheZebra.com slash Theo. That's TheZebra.com slash T-H-E-O. Spelled T-H-E-Z-E-B-R-A dot com slash Theo. Why not? You know what? These time of year, I honestly, I don't know sometimes what's going on with my body and with the weather. And some, sometimes it's snowing or it's raining and your body's full of hair and your dick ain't right. But everything can be changed now thanks to Manscaped. They are here to provide the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools 
for your family jewels. That's right. We've all tried to shave ourselves and not cut our bag or, uh, or you know, jimmy out a labia or whatever. But now the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Do what you need. Get your body tight. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. You can get 20% off and you can support this podcast. We need support. We need to stay in business. You can get free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash T-H-E-O. That's 20% off with free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash Theo. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look good. Here's a guy right here who's sending a question. Nice, man. all right, here we go. Theo Vaughn, I'm taking a shit for you, and this question <laughs> is coming from the shitter. Corey Sanhagen, what's going on, man? Much love. Um, what's the mindset, quick question, what's the mindset going into a fight, going into a UFC world-class fight against world-class fighters? Um, what's the steps that you take weeks before the fight, months before the fight, and hours or minutes right before you walk out to prepare your mind, whether that's meditation or I don't even reading type of like warrior books or I don't really know, learning about conquistadors. I think that's what uh, Mike Tyson used to do. So I'm very curious into what your mental state is and how you try to keep a uh, strong, positive, but motivated, very focused mental state going into a fight. So uh, gang, gang. Thank you so much, Corey. What's going on, gang, bro? Thanks for the question. I and, and you answered some of it with the meditation and some of you know the the perf, trying to perfect a different mind, like mindset outside of the fighting exact fist fist body my uh, the body set and more of a mindset. But yeah, going into like like a once you learn what the fight is, what's kind of the process from like okay, this is who I'm fighting. Now it's a week before, and now it's the day of. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I usually do 10-week camps, Okay. Uh, and this is actually something that uh, my training partner, uh, Carrington Banks, helped me a lot with. He's also in my corner, too. He's my wrestling you know, helper. I, I don't call him a coach because you know he's still fighting his, himself, but it's like a peaking process, man. Like As you get closer to the fight, it's, it's a peaking process. So 10 weeks out, I'm still doing you know meditations every day. I'm still doing like breathing exercises uh, either before, because before sparring, I'll do a lot of breathing exercises to, to get to that level of like you know body awareness and stuff will you load up on uh on will you do that like will you load up and so you can hold your breath for a long time no no uh i it's similar to wim hof type of breathing where it's like really big uh or really big long inhale and then quick exhale yeah, yeah. it's pretty similar to that okay uh have you ever tried that yeah i have man i held my breath one time for like three and a half minutes yeah it makes minutes. it like all tingly and yeah, stuff it's crazy, huh? yeah, yeah yeah yeah, I'm, yeah like, I'm a fish yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much like that though because it wakes your body up man it gets like oxygen all around or whatever so it's that uh like i said man it's feeding your brain the right stuff that's funny that he brought up mike tyson because i'll watch a lot of mike tyson's interviews too and uh just because i like seeing how really high level competitors think uh and he'll talk about like napoleon uh you know like um all, all of those like generals and and back in the day and that's what i was talking about too is the feeding the mind like feeding the mind war stuff is you know part of my survival now Damn. So, so i do a lot of that um that's what, did, did he ask something else? Okay, so that was kind of like in it. So that that's early in advance. So yeah, then once yeah, you yeah. get like you're going through camp, you're getting close to a few weeks out. Is there does anything change or does camp just stay the same up until like the day of the fight? I would say about three weeks out. 
and I don't know that I really do it on purpose. I think that when you stay like connected with like, you know, your, 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 you inside of you, you know, uh, I think that things just happen naturally the way that you, you want it to. So about three weeks out, man, I don't, for whatever reason, every single stressor in my life doesn't matter anymore. Wow. But up until then, like I'll, I'll still, you know, cause I'm hungry, I'm training hard. So I'll be like pissed off about like little shit, you right. know, like I'll come home. Uh, I, I have a, a roommate that lives downstairs and mm-hmm. my girlfriend that lives with me mm-hmm. and I'll get home sometimes, man. And they'll be in the kitchen, like, you know, going oh, flirting, yeah, flirting with each other, yeah. bro. I'll walk in and get so mad because the energy is just like too high, you know, oh. <laughs> like that's, that's where I'm mad <laughs> okay, about okay. like, about like three weeks before I'm just like, I'm going on a walk, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm walking this They're like, out. You just got home. <laughs> yeah. Like turn this energy down, you know, it's too happy Look, in are here. Are you bro. guys fucking happy in here? <laughs> okay. We need... <laughs> I'll knock some shit over. Yeah, just Jesus, to, you know, can we fucking it? put Apocalypto on or something? <laughs> this shit is too hype right I now. do start watching a little bit more violent stuff as it gets yeah. closer to, but yeah, man, about three weeks away, for whatever reason, things stop mattering to me, mm-hmm. and it's all just like, let's let's get this done, you know, let's get this done. So, But I think that that comes just from, you know, staying checked in, not letting myself get cluttered, mm-hmm. you know? It, the, the more I feel cluttered, the the less I just feel connected to myself. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I can really, it's, it's, almost, it's in a weird way, sometimes some of that reminds me of what you're saying, like with comedy when I'm on stage, if, I, if, I, if I'm in a space where I'm not tied to a bunch of other shit that day before I get on a stage or something and I'm really just feeling like part of the universe a little bit and like, like locked in and wanting to have a good show and make sure these people have fun. It's not exactly the same, but it's just on the same like wavelength of like, um, I'm not attached to too many other things, mm-hmm. man. Then I'm almost, I'm almost just, my skills are already there are there. You yeah. know, they definitely can always be better, but I'm just working off this energy that's in the world. And it's just a fucking, yeah, it's, it's cool. like, I'm just juggling this dope shit. that yeah. Fucking God put out. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you're, you know, like, you're just where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Dude, I saw you in Denver not too long ago, man. I have to say, just because I'm a fanboy too, bro. Uh, it was probably like last year, bro. Yeah. Because um, I hadn't seen your stand-up until probably your Comedy Centrals. or Did you have anything on Netflix too? Yeah, I did a Netflix special about five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the last one that I watched. And then I watched you in Denver, and it was like way different than the stand-up that you were doing before. Oh, sweet, man. Dude, it was sick, man. Was it good? Yeah, bro. It was so creative. Oh, thanks, bro. It was like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm really interested in comedy. I'm like a big fan of comedy, too. Oh, sweet, uh, I, I like like all the different styles that all of you guys have and stuff. And like, yeah, man, I was just like, whoa, that was weird. And it was like so good, you know? Thanks, bro. Dude, it was super good, man. Yeah, was that at uh, the something north or whatever that place was? No, uh, yeah. Uh, the one that's outside of town a little? Uh, outside yeah. of Denver. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. that's a fun. That room is really funny. You're almost like in the round kind of. Yeah, yep, that's what everyone says. Dude, yeah. thanks for coming out, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's cool, man. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate mm-hmm. you coming out. You know, who I got to meet at a show one time too. Was uh, Anthony Lionheart Smith came out to a mm-hmm. show. 
which was pretty cool, dude. He's a cool dude, huh? Yeah, this was like three or four years ago. Yeah, such the nicest dude. And then Poirier came and I had a show in uh, New Orleans about three years ago, and he came, and literally the whole time he was, this is back when he was still like, he's definitely like, still can be as angry as he wants to be, <laughs> but he was almost like posted up at the edge of the, at the edge of, he's the only person not in a seat, bro, just ready to <laughs> fucking go to war. Back um, against the wall, Oh, totally, bro. back yep. against the wall. Check in, bro, yep, like, check in. like, like uh, Thomas used to do, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was fucking. It was pretty. It was pretty. It was interesting, man. Hey, he's a cool dude too, huh? He's a nice guy. Is this man. hot sauce good? It is good, bro. I'll there, see. I'll get you some. I'll get you some of it sent. Man. How many are there? Like ten different flavors. There's a lot. No, he just has one. His own one flavor, mm, mm. but it is good. Mm. He's cool, man. I think uh, he was talking about some anger after his last fight. Mm. Remember after seeing him in the cage against Conor, he was mm-hmm. like. He was happy, obviously, because he'd won, but he was, like, upset. He's like, I don't love this shit no more and stuff. I oh, think a lot it. of it was, yeah, I think a lot of it was, like, um, I think first, I don't know. Um, this is all speculation. I think some of it was, like, that belt in their weight division, mm-hmm. it's kind of become this ornament and not a real reflection of who is at the top. Dude, I've almost always felt like, chasing a belt is kind of it's you know it's a goal but it's like man you can only control so much in that world man like yeah. what if you know what if dustin doesn't fight for the belt next you know right what, what if out i of don't his control yeah right. or what if i don't yeah. you know like that don't that doesn't feel like as in control as maybe it used to be or maybe it was an illusion and now that i'm here it's like oh no there's like a lot of other factors that go into winning a belt other than just me beating people right so it's kind of weird man and it's just a weird place in the sport too where it's like you know uh it's kind of the fame game a little bit you know like you got to be a little bit up in like your social media account and all of that jazz in order to kind of get what you want yeah or at least to be able to call a little bit of the shots right which is fine that's the world that we live in now so yeah it's a business i think in you guys' business too in you guys is i think the longer you're in it it's longer you're in anything it it's more of a business like Mm. i used to go to the comedy clubs and i was just excited if people were there and then you do it doing it for 15 years you're like well did we sell tickets you know it's like some of that gets in your head somewhere mm. you know like is is the audience happy like you just you're just you start to have more concerns yeah. i just think some of that's just life um but yeah i mean you guys are in a business that was bi- like everything's a business it's yeah. society's just kind of like this structure yeah of uh, of things that were put together by people you know um when you we we got a question right here from a young fellow What's up, Theo? What's up, Corey? Dallas from Staten Island, New York here. Huge fan of both of you guys. Theo, me and my wife got to see you about a year ago out in Red Bank, New Jersey. The show was crazy. Hoping we can see you again real soon. Oh, thanks, brother. Corey, my question for you is, how well do you really know Brendan Schaub? Because he's always (laughs) talking about, he's texting you, he's talking to you after your fights. Besides Food Truck Diary, I know you guys are from Aurora, Colorado. Let them know. People are doubting. I'm not a doubter. I know you guys know each other. Let the world know. Gang, gang, Sandman. 
There you go, dog. Are people doubting that? I mean, what look, is there to doubt? People doubt. <laughs> Brendan gets doubted a lot, I think. But so I think people want to know. Yeah, he has that look, bro. Yeah, I think he Brendan has just look. has that. Yeah, he has. And he has nine <laughs> different shows. I think people just start to doubt him, you know? He's a chef. He runs a food He truck. says something different on each one yeah, just to accommodate to each yeah. different audience. Uh, bro. So yep, I think yep. people are like, what is the truth here, Brendan? You guys never fought each other, right? No, no, no. <laughs> Oh, hell no uh i would no when i was uh when i was 17 or 18 years old we were all training at this gym called grudge mm-hmm. and uh it's like where all the really good guys train like uh shab was there ludwig was there marquart was there uh gsp would stop in rashad evans like all of those really really big names um and so i used to train there when i was like you know like a 140 pounds like soaking wet you know uh and probably, you know, maybe shouldn't have been in that room at that time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we were all in that room together. And I think that, you know, while me and Brendan were never like, you know, I was 17 years old. He was fighting in the UFC. It's not like we were hanging out. Right. <laughs> that would be a little weird, actually. But, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, he would be an adult. <laughs> yeah, that would be illegal also, probably. Uh, but, I mean, nah, man, we share that, like, those same Aurora roots, you know? Like, it's just, like I said, man, it's like a community. Aurora feels like a community. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he the kind of guy, if you went and asked him for a suggestion, he would like, advice or something, he would share it? He was definitely... I think so, yeah. Uh, everyone was pretty cool at, at Grudge. Uh, yeah, Brennan was definitely, like, one of the superstars there, for sure, during that time. It's so funny, because I don't know, like, to me, I don't know him that that is, as that a, at all. Like, I don't, I don't ever even see that look in his eyes anymore, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, what it takes to be a fight. Like, not that he doesn't have it, I'm not saying that, but he doesn't ever turn that on in, in any environment that he and I are ever it's in. It's no longer part of his survival. Yeah, it's probably know? true. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably no longer part of his survival, man um dude this was heartbreaking man i even i remember i put a comment on your ig after your last fight and it was barely even like i was like way to go good job yeah. or something. it was so like <laughs> i know bro that's how i it felt was too, so support i was trying to be supportive but also it was like frank yeager's just like beloved by humanity mm-hmm. and i know by you as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how hard is that man like is because no other th- like i guess there's other sports where that kind of stuff happens but how hard is it to go out there and fight like a guy? Well, here is he asking it right here. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll let this guy ask it so because he sent it in. Hey Corey, being a fighter, you know you go into every fight trying to win, of course. But as a human, as a human being, how did it feel knocking a legend like Frankie Edgar out? Uh, that shit shook me for sure. <laughs> a lot of people were like, still shook. Still boy, boy, boy. <laughs> gang, gang. Gang, bro. Uh, yeah, man, there's, like I said, man, there's two different people for me, man. Like, there's, you know, I got I got to be a type of way when I go in the cage, and I can be a different type of way when I'm out. But, uh, you know what, the the craziest part of and you i'm know, not trying to put you on the spot no man. no no it's okay, okay cool. no no i don't i don't mind at all bro i'm not curious about like you hurt i, I i'm just generally curious about yeah, the, yeah. The, the sides of it yeah. yeah yeah so once i'm done you know with that adrenaline dump that happens i mean i almost felt like crying when i was in there not not well one because yeah man like frankie's a legend uh i know he's a good dude um you know, and I, and I know that he's trying to provide for his family and stuff and so that sucks what what trips me out the most about something like that is that not because I'm worried about Frankie because I know that we're all really tough dudes you know like we can handle it Mm -hmm. um 
but just like knowing that he has loved ones that are watching. Oh yeah. And that I was a part of that and that I probably created, you know, like some definite sadness and in, in that, that's what like, you know, makes you want to cry. Yeah. Because we're all tough dudes, man. But like, I remember having that thought when they were raising my hand where it's like, man, like his, his kids saw it, you know, like right. his kids are probably worried about him. His wife is probably worried about him. And like that, that part really sucks. Yeah. That part really, really sucks. You know, there's no getting around how much that sucks. Yeah. But you know what sucks worse? Huh? Is that happening to me? Right. Damn. <laughs> that's what sucks worse. And that's some of the truth of it. That's yep. the truth. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, Poirier always talks about that's like the beautiful thing about it. He's like, there's this, it's just this, it's this inescapable, like, it's almost like how the world was started, like this big bang theory, like, you know, things broke apart for something to, to be made like it's just i don't know it's just it's sad man it's sad when you lose i know what it feels like man like i was choked out by sterling like i know i know what it feels like man to open your eyes see the person running around the cage excited like you know pumped that he won and to have the doctor lift you up and sit you on the stool oh. like i know how that feels man like it sucks and who was y'all's ref no nonsense keith peterson uh for the last one yeah I think I think so, yeah. Why you like him the most? I would fight him. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot bigger than him, bro. Well, look, you got dog, a good shot. I'll fucking lose weight. I'll cut a leg. What off. would you do, bro? What, what would be the strategy if you had to fight? If someone? I went in against no nonsense in NKP, <laughs> first I would probably I would try. I'll probably try to wear him down, dude. Yeah, I'll probably try to wear him down. How, how would you do that? I get him up against him? the cage. Huh? Oh, oh, first you, I'd run him. I'd run him until I got bike? tired. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd Make run, him chase you a little. Yeah, I'd run him until <laughs> I got tired, and then I would get him up against the cage, bro. And I'd probably would you foot stomp or knee or I'd do a little bit of that Kamaru fucking yeah, method, yeah. stomp on his feet, hold him against the cage and stomp on his feet mm -hmm. until he can barely move his feet. And then I'd fucking hard scarf him, dude. I'd sneak up <laughs> behind him. I'd get him distracted, and I'd sneak up behind him. Have somebody wave a cigarette or something in the distance. <laughs> sneak up behind him. <laughs> And put him in the hard scarf, bro. What's a hard scarf, bro? It's that fucking... Oh, yeah. Until you finish him out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and look, I'm just joking, Keith Peterson. Unless, <laughs> unless we're, like, raising money for charity. I'm a big... I'm a, I'm a Keith Peterson fan. Yeah, me too. Me so, too. uh... He's a good ref, man. I like the refs that don't say anything. The refs that talk, man, I can't stand the refs that talk. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can't stand it, man. Just because it's like, man... <laughs> No one came to watch you, bro. It's nonsense. <laughs> no one. You know, that's nonsense, man. Yeah. That's I like to think about just Keith, zero baby. nonsense, bro. <laughs> zero <laughs> nonsense, dog. Zilch. Um, does, do bigger fights get bigger? Re is there like a ref order that feels like out I, there? I think that there is. There definitely is. Because um, Herb Dean gets a lot of the big ones, right? Yeah, he gets a lot of big ones. Uh, no nonsense gets a lot of the big ones. Uh, I like most of the refs, but there's a couple refs where I'll be watching on the TV and I'm just like, just shut up. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not doing what you're saying because I've been on the other end of that where a ref has been like, quit grabbing his shorts. And it's like, in my head, I got to be like, I'm not grabbing his shorts. What's he talking about? And then that just distracts you. And oh. when it's like a game of inches, it's like, dude, shut up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, dude. Nobody. Yeah. No one came to watch. Yeah. You, you weren't there training with us. You weren't, you don't <laughs> know anything about it. Yeah. I could see that. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, that's interesting, man. It's an it's kind of a it's it's a I think it's definitely a different and comforting thought though to know that there's some level of that within the fighters that there's all like 
yes, that could also be me. And we both came into this knowing that that kind of thing can happen and that there's some sense of like, res- like, um, care or concern for the person's family, you know, or for the people that are caring about them watching him, you know? I, I think you have to be a little bit on the other side or at least to have had to experience it to kind of like fully understand that. Yeah. Because like, if you look at ancient samurais, like ancient samurais, you know, they're known for like, you know, obviously being like badass fighters, but they're also known for like the way that they used to live. And the way that they used to live is like very honorable, very respectful to, to everyone else. And like, it got me thinking, it's like, man, like how can these really brutal soldiers who slash people up with swords also live in a way where it's like okay i have a i have honor and i have respect for fellow human beings and and i'll and i'll do this this and this to show that or or i'll or i'll even like go as far as to stab myself to keep honor of whatever you know like i think it takes a level of like having to go through all of those brutal feelings and understand that like you know this is not always fun and games like Poirier said uh in order to kind of like fully respect the other side of it which is Mm. like life and you know and like when you actually win like how to be a winner because you know what it's like to be the loser and uh, I think that that's important you know Mm. but that's interesting that Poirier said that uh it's not fun to him anymore he well, actually he says a lot of interesting stuff dude that's a funny thing and that's one thing i always liked about dustin since i met him was that there's so much more to him than a fighter you yeah. know and i think for a lot of guys it's interesting to see them get to come into whatever else they are as humans mm-hmm. and i think the world has really gotten a witness that of dustin over the past few years you know like just through his charity and through um you know, through his journey to get paid through the organization, like just, um, you know, like I know when he and Tony let that fight go, it was because of money, I believe. Mm. I think he said that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be talking out of school, but um, so, yeah, to try and stand on some sense of honor and still, you know, grow up. And yeah, I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting why people fight. Mm. You know, I was always like afraid to fight as a kid. So I'm like, like. And then, but then we're all fighting for something in some way, you know, mm-hmm. we're all trying to like find some way to express ourselves. So I guess sometimes I wonder if fighting is just a way that you guys express yourself. I, I always wonder. Does it feel like that? I always wonder this. I always wonder like, okay, do, am I working harder than other people in other professions? And, or, or is me winning feel better because of you know it's fighting or does it does it feel worse to lose because it's fighting or whatever and i think that anything that you try to do at like your best if you don't reach that like it's still gonna suck for everyone you know so i i think that it's like yeah it's like this expression of yourself or whatever but i think that yeah man it's just like I don't know why people want to play the piano all day, but there's some people out there that want to play the piano all day. And then there's like some people that want to like do math equations all day. And like, to me, that seems like hell, but like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what that is in different people or what, but like I, that crosses my mind all the time. It's like, man, couldn't have chosen something different for me, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like podcasting. Or Can something? I done drywall? <laughs> yeah, something. Have you ever drywalled, bro? That's that shit's true. worse than fighting, That's bro. True. It's a gateway drug, too, dude. There's no way you start drywall and don't end up doing drugs, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, here's a question right here. Wait, is this my uh is this what's this guy's name? Uh 
Yo, Theo, Nick, Corey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Chico from St. Louis, Missouri here. Chico Bean. Got a couple quick questions for the Sandman. Corey, first off, congrats on the huge knockout of Frankie DeAnser Edgar. Had to have felt fucking crazy knocking out a legend like that. Um, but congrats again. I'd love to know what you think of the matchup between Aljermaine Sterling and Peter Yan. I know you lost to Aljermaine, you know, a couple months ago, and that was your first loss in 2017. So what do you think of that matchup? And also, are you itching to get a rematch at Aljermaine? So who do you think is going to win that fight, and who do you want to win that fight? Uh, much love to you guys. Gang, gang, take care. Yeah, how do you feel like that? Aljermaine's such a nice guy too, man. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about uh, their fight coming up? Are you excited to watch it? Yeah, I'm super pumped to watch it. Uh, I, I think it's going to go like the entire five rounds. So like from a strategic standpoint, I like to like, you know, I think that I'll get like a lot of intel. knowledge. Yeah. Uh, wow. But I don't know, man. I flip a coin every single time. Like every time I get asked, I just change my answer depending on the day. So I think stylistically and like technically better, I think Jan's probably the, maybe the better uh, technical fighter. But mm -hmm. being a being a technical fighter doesn't mean that you're the better fighter. I you know I've been in the cage with Aljamain and he has a level of intensity like we were talking about before with the energy uh, that's a lot different than everyone else that I fought. Hmm. Um, so you know I think that he really has that going for him, and I think you know Aljamain's been really open about his strategy about this. Like he keeps talking about how he's gonna wrestle the guy for five rounds. I don't know how smart it is to reveal your strategy like that, but uh, he must be really confident in it. So you know, and I do think that his grappling and just him in general is really underrated. Like I think he's he's definitely way up there as far as fighters go in the UFC and. Uh, I don't know, man. If if you had to ask me for whatever reason, I I kind of like, I just like I like Al Jermaine a little bit. So like I, I always you know I root for people. Not he's for fun fighters. to cheer for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something that's yeah. really, there's something about him that's very fun to cheer for. Yeah, um, yeah. That's gonna be interesting, man. Y'all's division is getting so interesting. They're dude. good too, man. Everyone's really like we were talking about, man. Everyone's good, bro. Yeah, everyone's good. It's crazy. Is it start to get scary to think that you might have to fight for like the next ten years? Does that start to ever get spooky? It was, it was spooky, bro. It was pretty spooky <laughs> until I like, until I accepted it, man. Like I told you, it was just like this moment where I was like, I think it was after, uh, I fought this guy. Do you know who John Lineker is? Mm -hmm. He don't fight in the UFC anymore, bro, but he's like five foot two mm -hmm. built like a brick and like his head is, you know, like this oh. big, uh, and he like cracks, bro. Like he cracks. It was, it was my third fight in the UFC. I was so scared to fight that dude. And then after I beat John Lineker, I was like, damn, man, like every single fight. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's John. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I've definitely seen him at Panama City Spring Break before, dude. And he was yeah, bro. not happy. He's the one he's running yeah. sprints in the sand, bro. Yeah, dude. He's doing fucking sprints at the bar. <laughs> yeah. There's always that guy, man. I'm he's just joking, He's doing push-ups in the bathroom, bro. I'm just joking, dude. Uh, wow. Yeah, he's a tough he's, guy. Yeah, so after I fought him, because he, he was in the top 10 for my third UFC fight, and... Mm -hmm. uh, after I fought John, that's when it kind of hit me where I was like, yep, this is going to be hard for the next 10 years of my life, you know? It's kind of like playing punch out after you beat, or like a boxing game <laughs> after you beat a hard guy. You have to pause it and then like you kind of go get some water or something. You come back, you're like, fuck, man. They're all going to be really hard from now on. Yeah, and dude, you know what else too is like uh, everyone will be like, ah, like, cool, you get to like take a little break after your win, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, like I kind of do just from like the the warrior 
part of me like I can be a lot less competitive now but as far as like me getting better man like the, this shit only gets harder bro like it only gets harder the better people I beat the harder I gotta work it's like I thought it'd be the opposite I thought I'd get into the UFC uh. I'd start you know I'd start winning and like I'd get into a groove and shit would be easier and more routine but like man like it's just harder every every time i win i'm just like all right well that was the last easiest fight of your life yeah <laughs> that's crazy <huh? laughs> yeah. that sucks but that's, now that i just said it that sucks but that's but but hearing that to me it makes perfect sense because that's the thing inside of you that makes you what you are anyway it's that thing it's like the next uh there's always something else yeah you know i'm always gonna have to learn there's always more to learn or more to do it's always yeah it's the challenge bro it's all like uh when this is why it interested me when poirier said uh this isn't even fun for me anymore like i i almost feel the same way depending on how you define fun right if if fun means like oh i'm enjoying myself it's not fun to me (laughs) (laughs) i'm not enjoying any part of that process like i see people even the week of the fight it's like oh like okay this is my taper week like i can i can kick back and like i can enjoy my fight week and i'll go like jet ski or you know visit this or visit that or whatever and it's like dude during fight week i lay in bed and i just think about the the fight and what i'm supposed to do and that's all i do like i watch maybe one or two hours of tv i maybe if i'm getting a little overwhelmed in my head we'll go like hang out with my coaches and stuff but other than that man i'm laying in bed resting my mind and like getting myself ready to like do this it's like not enjoyable bro yeah (laughs) even camp camp isn't even that enjoyable i would say the most enjoyable part for me in this whole thing is just uh coming up with my own shit and me and christian working together and me and carrington working together and me and uh some of the jiu-jitsu guys that i work with like inventing or like at least like trying to get really good at like the things that we're doing like that's enjoyable for me but like and like the winning part is enjoyable but man like everything else is just challenge it's not like fun right yeah i think there's something that happens with in success man where some things kind of become like that and that starts to become the next battle in some ways is uh any more water no i'm good that starts to become the next battle in some ways is like how do i make where i'm at now as enjoyable as an experience as possible um did you go through that? Yeah, man. I think it's is it yeah. still enjoyable. It's there's moments that are enjoyable, but yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot more. Like I remember, dude, when we were so when we were getting Dustin Poirier on, dude, we were so excited. You remember that, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dude? We were so excited. Yeah. He had salon quality hairstyle was his nickname, <laughs> and he was fucking. We were so fired up, dude, and um, and I still get wakes. It's not that things aren't exciting. It's like I think some of it is you just get used to some stuff Mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do. That's just experience. There's nothing you can do to kind of go back to that level of excitement you had. Mm -hmm. Like when you were probably first training and doing well against a guy at grudge. Yeah. Um, I mean, my scariest fight was my first fight. Yeah. My scariest like fight was my first fight. Really? Yeah, probably, you know, cause you don't, you know, it's like your first one was, was your white belt. Uh, or what was it? It's not even like that, dude. Uh, it, it was, was, that, the white belt's just jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, so I don't consider jujitsu matches fights. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, damn, bro. Well, that that seven years of my life, bro. <laughs> but no, respect, uh, bro. Yeah, for real, bro. I'm just fucking around, bro. Uh, you know? But no, no, no. Totally, I feel you. But uh, so, dude, I, I fought uh, in this place. Um, Bro, I'm pretty sure it was like a house, dude. Like, <laughs> like a gutted house, bro. I'm almost positive it was like a gutted house. It was in a neighborhood, bro. <laughs> oh, dude, that's bad. When you pull up to the fight and the driveway's full. <laughs> so, dude, uh, it was this. Uh, more was it sanctioned? No. Okay. It was a. It was a more tight tournament. I was. I think I was 18 years old. Dude, I'm not kidding you, bro. The ring was probably much sm- Actually, the ring was probably about this size, bro. It was probably like an 8 by 8 dude, <laughs> in like this gutted house. <laughs> and like, uh, it was matted, 8 by 8 ring. Everyone was warming up. You like, you sat on the floor if you wanted to watch the fights. You just crowded around and watched the fights. And uh, yeah, that was my first fight uh, or first tournament. And so that was one of the scariest moments? Yeah, that was one of the scariest moments because it's just like, you know, I, I'd never really been in a fight against, you know, like a, like an actual real fight. I had never been in before. So how yeah. real is this stuff? They talk about ring rust. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever been out long enough to like have right. experienced that. But I do think, though, that like when I fight, you know, four months apart, three months apart, I can kind of I feel a little bit different. Like I feel a lot more comfortable than I, than I do if I'm like on an eight, eight month break. So with the with the upcoming match, you have to wait to see what happens with one of these guys. If that's the guy you choose to fight, or that's the guy that they want to match you with, I hope so. Okay, <laughs> um, but there's not somebody else from. Would they try and offer you somebody from uh, that's that is in the rankings that's beneath you currently? I think that uh, me and Dillashaw, if they don't do, Ooh, yeah, fucking Dillashaw, yeah, dude, I forgot <laughs> about him. They're bringing him back. They got a cheat code or something. <laughs> uh. Yeah, wow, so that would yeah, be yeah. crazy, huh? Yeah, I mean, I I think if it's not the winner of their fight, then it's I mean, it's got to be Dillashaw because I mean Garbrandt's going down. Uh, I I I don't know what Aldo's doing. Font's really good, but he's kind of in the same position I was in maybe like three fights ago, where uh, you know I think that he, he, Font's really good, but I think he needs to string like you know some top five wins together before I think they start considering him for a title shot too. Um, is there somebody from the past that you wish was like uh, somebody you would like to have fought or fought not even out of anger just out of like pure like it would be awesome like somebody from the past that you grew up watching or anything like mm, that oh yeah yeah uh, well Cruz Cruz was definitely in that conversation for a long time uh, he might fight he looks like he'd climb over the cage and fight any day <laughs> most of the time <laughs> who Cruz Dominic Cruz yeah 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 Yeah. I mean he's uh, always pretty did he retire what happened I think he might yeah. actually have something scheduled. Yeah, Casey yeah, Kenny. Yeah, he's fighting Casey Kenny. When is okay, that one? In March. Uh, it I think is... it's sometime in March. I like him, man. I like, I like watching. Yeah, when he when he's because you always you kind of never know what he's gonna say. Sometimes <laughs> he'll get a little bit angsty with the other uh, <laughs> yeah, sportscasters yeah. and yeah. shit. <laughs> he's you know like he has something about him that's you know intimidating. Yeah, you know I yeah, like, like that. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on two fifty nine. Nice. Wow. That's the thirteenth. Uh, six. Oh, oh, he's on that one. Yeah. He's on oh, that nice. card. Yeah, that card is Sick. that card is insane. Yeah, my teammate Dober's fighting on that card too. Um, yeah, who's on that card, man? That's bananas. Um, three title fights. God. Santos Rockage. Oh, Maka. Yeah, this this fight is insane. Or card is insane. Yeah, what do you think about crazy. that? Uh, 
Blokovich fight and Adesanya. I'm going to go with Adesanya just because... I mean, I th- I think honestly, I I mean, Blakovich definitely has power, bro. Like that's different. And Adesanya is going up a weight class. He's going up a weight class to two hundred five. So I think. what can happen when you go up a weight class? What what are some things that can happen? Not even specifically to them, but what are some things that could be good or bad? Uh, I mean, the bigger animal. It's like the law of nature. The bigger animal usually beats the little, the littler animal. Um, but I think uh, so. That's kind of a, a little bit of a natural kind of yeah. pitfall. Yeah, I mean, okay. dude, there's weight classes for a reason. Like, uh, if someone has thirty pounds on me and they're you know not nearly as good as me, you know they have a better chance against someone who's my weight for right. sure. You know, just because they're bigger. You know, right? They could lay on you and hold you down. Yep, and it's harder to move them. Like, I think that there's two types of strength in mm-hmm. jujitsu. This might help you a little bit too, but. There's the type of strength where I can move you really easy, and then there's the type of strength where I make it so that you can't move me very mm-hmm. easy. There's those two types of strength, and um, at my weight, I can move people, you know. But if someone's thirty pounds heavier than me, like it's, I, I, you know, I can't move them as easy, and like that makes things a little bit harder. So Damn. yeah, so that's one thing. But uh, I think I think that that dude has different level of power that I think Israel's not dumb enough to overlook. You know, I think that Israel's right. like a super smart dude and I don't think he I don't think he's gonna leave any stone unturned or like lie to himself in his head. Like I see people do that all the time in fighting just because I th- like going back to the ego stuff, like mm-hmm. I'll see them say some stuff where I'm just like, you're only saying that because it helps you sleep at night. You know, like, oh, this guy's slow or, oh, this guy can't grapple. It's like, man, you're only saying that so that you can feel a little bit better about yourself. Right. And I notice that right away, you know. Uh, Israel, I don't notice that in. You know, where Israel doesn't, he's not like, oh, this guy's slow. It's like, or no, he doesn't have power. He like acknowledges the strengths in the other person. And I think that that's a really obvious sign that like the person is intelligent. (laughs) You know, I think it's really unintelligent to just overlook everything (laughs) that your, that your opponent has that they do well and just create an excuse for it. Yeah. But I think Israel's smart enough, man. And I think he has enough experience and I'm sure that he's had plenty of fights in kickboxing where he's fought really big dudes too that like we have never even heard of because the dude has like a million kickboxing fights especially too. in new zealand yeah everybody there yeah. is a pretty big dude <laughs> yeah bro hooker used to fight at like heavyweight or Did something he really yeah oh <laughs> i used to train with hooker bro he like demoralized me when did you yeah when he's he used, so funny isn't he yeah he's funny <laughs> he used to uh like humorous i'm not saying then hooker that you're is anything wrong with you <laughs> you're funny i just mean he's an entertaining guy yeah 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 he used to uh he's actually a really quiet guy i think in person is he? yeah yeah he's i'm a fan he's, of, I'm a fan. yeah yeah when he used to train with us or whatever uh dude he would whoop me bro really whoop me dude. why were you guys this were you guys, guys like, sparring for fun no he was like on he was like training with our team and stuff back oh but in the not day. at the same weight I was a 45er back then, and he was a 45er back then, what? bro. What? Yeah. And I was like, that's why it demoralized me is because I was like, dude, I'm never going to be <laughs> fucking able to fight these guys, dude. What? Are you kidding me? It's like, <laughs> it's like I got to be a 25er to beat these guys if they're going to be this size. He's wearing you like a backpack. He's putting pencils and pens in your pants. <laughs> He's fucking putting his school books in there. They used to tell me, though, like, Hooker was never used to break his diet. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure at 55, it's maybe a little bit different. But, yeah, some guys on the team that, like, knew him a little bit better would be like, yeah, man, like, he never breaks his diet. And I was like, wow. 
fuck, man, he needs to go up so that I can feel <laughs> a little better about myself, man. And so that's when you were at 145? Yeah, I used to. My, my debut was at 45 because I didn't want to. I, I know how the UFC works. Like, you get a short notice call, and that's how you get into the UFC. Like, very rarely do guys ever get into the UFC by, you know, like, hey, here's an eight-week camp, and here's your first date in the UFC. That's not how it works, bro. Like, someone pulls out, and, oh. then, and then so actually – I fought in Phoenix a week before my UFC debut. So I fought on a Friday, and then I, I won that fight. As I'm taking off my hand wraps, uh, someone from the commission is like, hey, man, like UFC is on the phone. They're like, hey, can you fight next week? And I'm like, I guess I'm not partying tonight. But Dang. yeah, I mean, I'll definitely, you know, I'll definitely do that. Was that an exciting call to get? Oh, dude, it was so exciting, man. So exciting. Like, uh, was that like the best? Was that like the call? It was the call, bro. It was the call. And like, uh, Damn, for, for what, crazy. yeah, bro, for whatever reason, man, like, uh, I get really pumped, like knowing that I made my loved ones like really proud, Yeah, you know? Uh, and I remember like, it's one of my favorite parts. Like when I do the visualizations, I do a lot of visualizations of like what happens after the fight too, because it really motivates me, you know, and it makes me feel nice. Like I'll, I'll imagine like FaceTime in my family mm -hmm. and, and my girlfriend and, mm -hmm. you know, and like, you know, they're super pumped for me and stuff. So that's what that was for me is it was, I remember I was on the phone with my sister and for what, for whatever reason, like it was my sister, but I was, I like called my sister and I was like, Hey, like I did it. Like they want me you know, next week. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. And then I remember talking to Christian and I was like, I was like watching his film. Cause I was like, fuck it. If I get a contract, I don't care how tough the guy is. I don't care if he beats my ass as long as I get a contract. And I watched the guy, this is when, you know, my confidence wasn't like where it is now. And I was like, oh shit, I think I'm really going to beat this guy. Like it was like some surprise, you know, <laughs> Christian was like, yeah, dude, what? Like they're calling you for a reason, <laughs> dumbass. Like, <laughs> oh, so you think they called, they, you think they thought you would beat the guy? I don't know if they did or not, but that dude fought on the contender series uh, and they just needed like a replacement fight. Like right. they have to put a certain amount of fights to fill their TV slot or whatever. And yeah, that's how you get signed to the UFC pretty much is like some short notice like that. Damn. Yeah, it was cool. Dude, I remember I remember the time I got a text from Joe Rogan to come be on his podcast. Nice. And that was that was that for me. Nice. It was like the best thing. Like I just remember being like, what? <laughs> What am I going to do? I brought him a bag of oranges, dude. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> People said he likes like diet or something. So I fucking got he a bag of what? diet. So I bought him like a um, bag of clementines and brought him over there. Nice. Dude. The I think he might have thought I was retarded, bro. <laughs> I fucking showed up with a bag of oranges. How'd it go? It went fine, Was I it guess. scary? It was so scary, bro. Really? Why was it It was scary? like, dude, honestly, I think going in, that would almost be like going and being in a, in a fight, man. Yeah? It was so scary. Were you like, were you more like, uh, were you like, don't fuck this up type of? I was just scared. It was like, um, I knew other people that had been on it, like famous people, mm. educators, like that was <laughs> yeah, the part that really, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, Joe doesn't care if you like say that you're gonna be on his show either, right? Uh uh. Yeah, I'm going on his show you are? next week. Yeah. No way, yes, bro. Bro. So I got a text from him and or a no Instagram way. message. I know, bro. And it was it just came randomly from him. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. And I you was know like, what I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. Okay. I like. I was like, guess you text me. You know, like I was super pumped, but I was like, uh. In my head, though, I'm just like, yeah, man. There's fucking like real legit people. You know, yeah, like smart, yeah. you know, like legit people There's that are UFOs like UFOs on there. I think yeah, he had bro. a fucking alien on there last week. <laughs> yeah, they're like changing the world and shit. You know. Yeah.
I'll be honest, I just had a sip of Diet Coke. And I'll also be honest that I have mental health issues. And, you know, it's we're all fighting something. And sometimes we're fighting demons from the past. Better help. That's right. Better help is here to help you if something is interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals. Better help will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. That's what they do. There's a broad range of expertise available. You can do it on the phone, over text, over uh, FaceTime. They're committed to getting great therapeutic matches. It's easy and free to change counselors if you need to. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Theo. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Theo. Join the over one million people who have taken charge of their mental health. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And this past weekend, listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Theo. You need help? Get help. Look, you want to look good, right? You want your body to look nice. And as a man, it's hard. It's hard to get your body. Your body's lumpy. You got a lump in the front, that wean. It's hard to get tight. Your shoulders are round. You don't know what the hell's going on. Well, Fabletics, men, represents for every guy who wants to look and feel his best without breaking the bank. You can't spend $2 million on a chiffon shirt. Keep it simple. That means Lululemon quality for half the price. Because they know guys deserve nothing less than the best gear on the market. Go to fabletics.com slash Theo for access to an insane deal. Get your first two pairs of shorts for just $24. That's right, $12 a pair. When you become a Fabletics Men VIP member at checkout. All styles, all colors, no exclusions. It's an insane deal. Because they know that once you try their gear, you will be hooked. To get the best activewear at the best prices, get at least 20 to 50% off retail prices every time you shop. Fabletics. Fabletics men get free shipping on all orders over $49. Free returns and exchanges within 45 days. We're talking top quality at half the price. Each month, VIP members can choose to be billed $49.95 for a member credit. Members can use that credit toward any item or kit up to $80. That's right. Get billed $49.95. Get a credit that costs something up to $80. Or you can skip the month and pay nothing. There's no limit to how many times you can skip. That's right. Go to fabletics.com slash Theo for the insane deal. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, dude, it was so much fun. And then also, I think for you to be able to go in there and talk to a guy like that just knows so much about like what you guys do, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I was just I, I'm intimidated by Joe mm-hmm. as a person, and it's nothing he does. It's just who kind of who I am and where I, where I kind of come into like relationships at it sometimes I think but um so I think I was probably kind of nervous about that maybe mm-hmm. um 
What else? Do you still feel that way? Like even if being, I went back on you still, are? I would feel that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think some things make me feel a little bit. It was live then, also. Mm. Oh yeah, live feels very <laughs> yeah. nervous. You know, like I wish yeah. you guys at least. That's what I feel bad for you guys. Like, damn, this is live. Like, if you get fucking hit, you can't ask them to edit it. Out, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, can you just edit this so it just looks like a square dance between two people? Um, that's but uh that's awesome man yeah. i feel like in like being alive that's like the call to get like getting to go there and you get to go to austin too yeah and see the yeah. new place that's fucking yeah. cool yeah yeah dude that's so cool yeah i mean i don't really you know I, was, I i don't i don't see myself as someone that's like uh you know i i don't know if this is the advice that i would give every fighter or whatever um but like man i remind myself all the time how much i suck at this you know like i remind myself that all the time so like when when you messaged me and was like hey can i come on your i was like pumped because like to me in my head still i think because of the you know what helps me survive is that like i still don't think i'm like any good yeah you know like i know that i'm good comparatively to everyone else but i still don't feel like i'm like good right because i i understand like what good actually means in my brain and so like when i get a text from you or like joe or whatever and that happens and i was like oh shit dude i don't really think i'm good enough for that right you know but yeah maybe there's probably some of that when i'm thinking back on that well, i'm trying to think if i had some of that yeah i think well it's also interesting because a lot of the a lot of life is bandwagon a lot of mm. people are bandwagon as much as we don't want to think that we are or that other like you know it's like but also some of it is you have to get it's so hard to get people's attention. Yeah. So it's not like that people didn't care. A lot of times it's like people's yeah. attention is divided by a million. Mm-hmm. So to get 5% of that for, you know, for a day or whatever, it's like it's just hard to get people to see you in the world because there's so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. But dang, that's awesome though, mm-hmm. dude. That's really cool. Just because yeah, Joe introduced actually the first fighter I ever met, I think, was from Joe, and it was Aljamain Sterling at the Comedy Store. Nice, nice. And I remember thinking that this guy's a fighter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not thinking that he wasn't. You always think fighters of, like, you know, these big, like, yeah. from 300 or something, and then they're just kind of, like, um, in stature from sight. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a totally normal, nice guy. Yeah. yeah. When uh, So I used to go to Alpha Male a little bit. You know Team Alpha Male? Like where uh-uh. Garbrandt, Faber, all of those dudes. Oh, damn. Garbrandt, really? Faber, uh, Dillashaw used to train there. Uh, Benavidez used to train there. Damn. So like some really good names. So anyways. Faber has the heaviest handshake, dude. You try to <laughs> shake his hand. Who, Faber? You better work for logging, yeah. <laughs> the dude has got fucking... My God. Bro, it's like he had four hands in each hand. <laughs> like how many hands do you have, dude? Uh... Dude, so I went out to there because for whatever reason on our team, it's like a bunch of tall, lanky guys. Like we don't have that build where it's like short, stocky, strong guys. So I go out. I, I wasn't even a professional yet. I had just gone out to help Dillashaw train for uh, his fight against Burrell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still an amateur actually back then. But um, I go out to help him, bro, and I like get there and everyone's this tall, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I was like, what is going on? Like, because the cage, so bro, the cage at, the cage at most of our gyms are like six feet high, uh-huh. you know, but the UFC cage must be like five foot eight or something, whatever it is. So like when I walk into the UFC cage, I feel like a monster, you know, really? because I can, yeah. Cause the I one can on TV kinda, that we see. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I can kind of like look over the cage a little bit, you wow. know, 
but the cages that we all use to train in are much higher. So like I thought that all of those people were like the size of that cage, you know? So when I got there, I was like, all these little guys jumping rope like you know i was like what are these guys you Damn. know yeah 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 that's funny but yeah bro. the ufc cage is actually pretty cool because that's I like, a squad right there yeah, yeah. oh damn yeah dude this yeah, looks dude. like menudo this looks like a latino boy band, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no offense either uh no offense. just everyone's jacked yeah, too, bro. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacked, it was funny bro. Yeah, it was funny my first time out i was like so oh, dillashaw's in y'all's weight division yeah he's a 35er wow. yeah. and what about henry cejudo he is He's, yeah, he won the 35 belt against And he's Cruz. gone. What happened to him? He went to fight where? He, he went to another planet or something. Where is he? He, he might retired? be on another planet. I think he's retired. I think he wants a lot of money, man. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dana doesn't pay those men, bro. Nah, man. That's man. the facts, dude. Yeah, you got to be, you know, you got to be a McGregor, I think, to get the money that he's asking for. Wow. But but at a certain level, you got to decide, yeah, is this is it worth me doing this again? You yeah, know? but you also know what's cool in MMA too is that like, Suhudo could come back in a couple of years. Yeah, like that's a real thing. Yeah, like that. What sport is like that? You know, it's where it's true. just like, yeah, I'm, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guess what? Yeah, like Troy Aikman just comes back and they put him in a game. <laughs> Fuck no, that's really true, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no other sport like that. Yeah, and it's been fascinating that during this pandemic that that they were able, you guys were able to get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really because it's like. The sport has progressed so much. So many new eyes on the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of like followers and um, supporters that people are getting now. I mean, it's huge, and it's allowing. And I feel like this is one of the ways that God even this things out is that a lot of guys not getting paid fairly via the organization. And you don't have to agree with that. That's my own summation of it. And I'm just a fan and I don't know very much. But now a lot of them are able to do other marketing things and Mm. do other things Mm. um, where they're able to make some extra money because their followings are also getting so big. Sure, sure. So that's really like such a blessing for those guys, you know? Because to go out there and put your... I mean... A guy comes out of one eye, you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. and he's got fucking eleven thousand dollars. You know? Like Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You know, um, dude, if I wasn't able to fight in the last year because the UFC had to shut down, I don't know what I would do, man. I would be half crazy, bro. What would you have done? What's crazy. a job you would have gone into? And we'll pull that question up right now. Is this it, Nick? Mm-hmm. Boom. This question's for Corey, but Theo, you can answer it too if you want. Um, I was wondering what would you do as an occupation if you weren't an MMA fighter for the UFC? Thanks. Gang, gang. Gang, bro. So that would have been it, man. What would you have done, you think, in this time? If shit would have gone away, you got to do something. I mean, I I told you I was working at that uh, residential treatment facility. Yeah, so I was working there. I mean, I probably would still be doing that, you know, like uh, before the UFC when I was actually getting paid. Like, um... I was doing that, bro, like overnights, Saturdays, Sundays. Wow. Uh, I was working 12s. You know, I, I'm not going to say it was like I was grinding a 60-hour week. You know, like it was probably like 20 to 25 hours a week, but that was on top of maybe like 20, 25 hours of training and then like another probably 10 or 15 hours of like holding mitts for people and trying to make money that way too. So I'd probably be doing something in social work is my guess. You mm-hmm. know, like – uh that like kids bro i'd much rather have a conversation with a kid than i would like an adult any day of the week like i just get along with them better i i think that they have more you know 
advice that maybe is a little bit better than a lot of adults advice you know and i i I like learning from kids man like that's a that's my second thing in life you know it's fighting and then it's probably you know just hanging out with kids in in any type of setting i think when i was 16 even i i used to work at this daycare center um I would I would leave high school, boom, go to there. It was at the elementary school that I was with. I would work there till six, and I was doing that five days a week. And then uh, and then I went off to college. And then right after college, I went and got that treatment facility gig. And then uh, yeah, so I've been around kids. I'm teaching the kids program at High Altitude Martial Arts. In oh Aurora. really? Yep. Dude, that's dope, bro. Yeah, man. I just like so, hanging so, with them. They must be so psyched for Dude, you. Dude, they already? only started giving me respect when I got into the video game, bro. Oh they really? Don't, yeah, bro. You're in the they video don't game me, now. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's what uh, oh that's th- bro. All of them come up to me. They don't know it, you know. Like they're like they watch my fights now, but yeah. before it was just like, you fighting John Cena? Yeah. When you fighting John <laughs> Cena? I'm like, Shh, shut up. And then now I'm, and they wouldn't, li- you know, like they would listen, but they wouldn't really listen. And now that I'm in a game, and now they all chirp to each other that I'm in a video game. Yeah. Like now it's like you know I got some juice. Yeah. Now I get to call he's the virtual, shots a man. Bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy's fucking. He's got a hologram, dude. <laughs> That uh, it brings you up to those top notch. Have you seen those basketball cards that are out now? Oh yeah, yeah. You see this? Uh-uh. Let's bring this up. Top man. notch. So there's a new. So we grew up collecting the regular cards, Christian. I'm sure you probably did too, man. Collecting some type of a card: baseball, basketball, football. Now the cards are virtual. It's a mm. top shot. Top shop. Oh, bro, I heard of. Uh, I top heard that shot. they're doing like virtual art also, where you can earn or buy virtual art. Really? I think so. I, I, think, I, I sometimes just make stuff up, though. I, <laughs> I I would believe something like that. I mean, this is you get a card. Can you show us what one of the cards is, Nick? Yeah. Th- this is, this it. is it right here. So just an example. You can get a Tyler Harrow <laughs> so, top shot, and it's basically just a play. You own uh, – they have a limited number of these that they make, and if you get that in your pack, then you get that. You buy it like a pack of cards for a certain amount of money. You open it up. It has a certain number of these in it. And instead of a, just an image of them doing something, you have a video mm. of them doing something. So you could eventually, at some point, you could have a top shot. How do you feel about this? You know, I will admit that I set an alarm this morning to get up and buy some and slept through it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or so, you got to wake up to get them? Well, yeah, they oh, only release limited. it at 9 a.m. Oh. That's what they're doing right now. So. Mm. I think that's where I'm at with it. I'm curious, but I'm also willing to continue to get some rest. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's eventually going to lose five thousand. You still watch okay. basketball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't watch basketball anymore. No, me neither. I, it, I, it got away from me. I think it was one of the sports that got away from me during the pandemic. Even before that, I wasn't that into it. So, what are you buying then? Um, that's a good point. I would just be buying <laughs> just for the novelty. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. Is just for the yeah. novelty. Yeah. I think yeah. During this pandemic, I got a lot more into watching you guys' sport. Mm. And it's weird now, right, to not have a fight on a Saturday. Like I don't know when that happened, but like for me at least in my life, like it's like oh, there's no fight this Saturday. Like that's like oh a weird, yeah, it's become that's like a weird like a weekly yeah, thing. It's, it's like a, a weekly point. thing a, a little bit. Yeah, to me. yeah. From end of December to like um. Jo- January 22nd, yep. it was three Saturdays in a row. It was fucking horrible. Yeah, it was weird, <laughs> yeah. right? It, and there's like little things that are just kind of funny. Like I'll remember every time he fights, I'll remember that it's uh, Glover to share, not Glover. And that always <laughs> fucking blows my mind. <laughs> just like little things that kind of keep me excited about the sport, you know? <laughs> um, but it's fun to like see guys and then go back and watch their old fights mm. and just kind of learn like just some of the history of what goes on. It's fun to go to classes and then like... Um, 
and like kind of get to have a better idea of like why people are kind of doing little things in the inside mm. of y'all's ring. Um, the punching part still kind of really spooks me out, but the uh, yeah, it just makes me a little fucking nervous, you're, you're you know. Blanky, yeah, dude, yeah. I just don't know if I'm ready for that, <laughs> but I think part of me wants eventually to get out there and really just get beat up, you know, and yeah. just fucking go through that, yeah, you know. Yeah. Because I think there's something, there's a more unique me on the other side of that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's yeah, like I think uh some of that's kind of intriguing to me and it's funny cuz the Three, four, five years ago, that never would have been something that would come out of my mouth. So mm. it's interesting to see an effect like somebody like Joe Rogan has had an effect on so many comedians of wanting to learn about um, mixed martial arts and just b- bringing eyeballs to it. And then also, I think it helps with a lot of trauma. I think it helps mm. people get rid of like just deep rooted like uncomfort and anger. It makes me realize that I can interact with another man and be okay. I'm not going to like, I can fight, technically fight, Mm -hmm. but still also be okay. And there's going to be a level of respect, whereas I think when I was growing up, nobody was teaching me any kind of lesson of like, you know, you can hit somebody or hit them. They can hit you back and you can still then be, you know, there was nobody was teaching me any level of human interaction Mm. that had to do with or or how to manage any kind of anger. Mm. So I just think as an adult, it's like. It kind of sucks because I'm having to learn like a lot of like stuff from childhood late in life, but that's that. There's nothing I can do about that. That's just my life, and um, but I do think it's fascinating how going and getting on the mats and like there's a level of camaraderie. There's a level of tough guys that accept you, whereas when you're growing up, the tough guys are always like. Mm it's the that that's the bully that's the guy you're afraid to be around or at least you think you are Mm -hmm. you know so i think there's so many little levels of like um helpful human interaction that go along with it um that's fascinating that's why i think it's fascinating that the childhood trauma i bet that that kind of stuff can probably be so helpful to those kids yeah 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 i mean i i don't do any of that with the kids but yeah man i think i i mean it's interesting to listen to you talk because i think everyone does it for like a different reason you know and i think that that's part of like the really cool part is that there could be a number of different things and different paths or whatever and like like you said man it's like uh it can help with like a lot of things and like there's a level of camaraderie to it and yeah all of that good stuff man it's good i think bro and like you watch any animal like they're all doing it they're all little when they're puppies (laughs) bro they're all fighting each other like puppies fight each other little baby anythings are always like wrestling and fighting each other you know yeah it's funny and we take our kids and fucking let them just sit there and eat cookies fight (laughs) these motherfuckers (laughs) even little kids though even little kids if you put two little kids in a room together and you leave nothing else in there they'll probably start (laughs) wrestling each other you know we need to fucking encourage it dude (laughs) it's in it's inside of everyone bro like that's a I'm a big believer of like us, bro. We're just an animal species that is like this much smarter than all the other animal <laughs> yeah, species, yeah. bro. But we're still that animal species. And like, we still do, like, we still want more. Like, we still want to take territory just like every other animal. We yeah. still want to gather more resources and more food just like every other animal, you yeah. know? And we still want to fight just yeah. like every other animal. Yeah, dude. That's it's fu- weird too. I don't know. You you said you haven't started uh, like punching and stuff. No, 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 no. So so you, so they got an Irv Irv over there is a coach that 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 teaches that. So so let me know after you do that. How I feel, I, man. I, well, I just want to know if you're able to hit someone. Okay. Because I have a lot of people that I coach 
where they're like, man, like it's so weird to like hit, like I don't want to hit someone, you know? It's like weird right. for me to hit someone. And I'm like, yeah, because we were told not to do it our whole lives. You're told not to hit someone your entire life. Like it's not going to feel normal to like throw a Have you ever had a dream like that where you go to punch someone in a dream and you I like just can't, tell you that. And you can't do it? Yeah, Dude, everyone I have, has that dream. I've had a million dreams where I can't even, I can literally yep. get my fist to right here and it won't yep. go anymore. I've had, weird, it th- huh? I've had it probably 200 times. It's weird, huh? And it's weird, yeah. yeah and I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I'll feel like I'm trying it again and it will not do it. It's weird, man. And there's some like, it's like a wall that's like connected to like my feeling. I don't know what it is, but it, there's some... Yeah, that's crazy. You said yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I think everyone has that dream, or at least I, I, a lot of people that I've talked to, at least at the gym. And it's like, yeah, because we're told not to do this, or maybe we're like innately really nice creatures and we don't want to hurt people. But right. also, I think that it's like we, we're told not to do it our whole lives. So like, it's weird hitting someone, man. Like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be interesting, man. I, I'll, I'll I'll have to update you, dude. Yeah. Um, but. I'm trying to think if we covered everything, Nick. Yeah, I think so. I, I did actually. Uh, did you plan? You probably planned the knee because, like, everybody's saying, like, Frankie bobs his head when he's like. Well, you, it, go on, sorry. Did, sorry did you did you plan the wheel kick? Was that something you guys talked about, or did you just do that in the moment against Marais? Yeah, that was just in the moment. Uh, everything was kind of just in the moment. Uh, with with uh, yeah, it's a lot of not thinking and just letting like the the system play out. I, I think a little bit with Frankie is there's maybe a little bit more like quick thinking going on where I, I didn't know how what he was going to do when we were fighting. Like I knew that he'd be eager to wrestle because everyone likely thinks that my wrestling is terrible just based off of, you know, my, my fight with Sterling, which is really the only wrestling in exchange that I've had in the UFC. So I, I thought he'd be a little bit quick to wrestle. And then he threw like a co- couple combinations and I was like, oh, this guy, you know, he he's gonna you know at least throw a few punches and then I threw I threw the kick and I heard his corner say uh that's it Frankie that's it like and he was excited that he got out of the way of something that I threw Mm -hmm. you know because not that and I don't mean to sound arrogant but if I'm Frankie fighting me after I beat Marais that way and just based off of my other performances I'm probably a little bit you know maybe not the most confident guy in the world uh being that Frankie got knocked out a couple times before his fight with Munoz or whatever. So anyways, when when I heard his coach praise him for him missing, I saw like a little bit of spunk in him, you know, and I was like, ah, he's either going to try to shoot or he's going to try to attack again. And then uh, because that's a reaction when people get a little bit of heightened energy, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of the first reactions is to then do something. Yep, yep. He's like, oh, I'm doing good. And then and then and, and I noticed Every time he got close to me, he was he was trying to do something. You know, he was trying to hit. I think he kicked me one time too, but there was no like there was no uh playing there or seeing what I was going to do. It was just like, "Hey, when we get close enough to this guy, try to hit him." And like he did that twice and then I was like, "Okay, he's probably going to do it a third time." And that's when that's when I threw that. Cuz yeah. you thrown it against Moreas, but it didn't land, right? I've you thrown it a it. number of times. Have you? It, you know, because I mean, I fight everyone that's shorter than me, so like it'd be stupid for me not to Oh yeah. You know, throw something it's like really that. It's really just like a uppercut with your leg. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uppercut with your leg. But um damn, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it that's just how that looked happened. dramatic. Yeah, it was Ugh. vicious. Yeah, it was nasty. 
Fuck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Still fucking makes me sad, bro. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, maybe that's why I can't punch people. I think that just fucking makes me sad. Hey, is it hard for Christian to keep challenging you? I know your coach is here, so I want to give you one question about him. Is it hard for him to keep challenging you? Like, what do you guys do? Like, what is, what's kind of different um, about as you evolve as a fighter and as you kind of put some wins together? What is... What does coaching look like? Is it harder for you to learn? Do you feel like less of a pupil? Any 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 of those questions land with you? Yeah, I think it's a little bit more cooperative in the way that we work together. It's more of like a interaction opposed to him telling me what to do. But it was never really like that anyways. I will say, like, uh, Christian's a really interesting guy, you know, and uh, I think that uh, he lives by his own set of rules. He's like a super uh, don't think just don't think you know he's very radical in the idea of like just be present and don't think and I think that that makes him super super creative uh, and I think that it makes it so that he doesn't view things in a way that is old or is uh, wow. damaged by any other way of doing things you know it'd be like it'd be like if you went out and did a comedy stand-up and hadn't watched any stand-up before and you just tried to make people laugh Wow. Like, I feel like that's how he approaches a lot of things. And obviously that's more or less impossible. No, but that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. But that's how he looks at stuff. So like, man, like I'm totally grateful. Like, like I said, man, he's one of my best friends. I, you know, like he's taught me how to be the way that I am and to view things in the exact same way. And, uh, I've worked with like a lot of coaches and I mean, he's, you know, he's the most creative guy in martial arts that I've ever met. It's interesting, and it really fits your style, I think, in your sense of capabilities, you know. Um, even Sugar Sean's kind of that same way. You guys are both such kind of malleable, mm -hmm. capable, almost like cool to see on a video game type sure. of fighters because you have moves that are kind of a little bit unorthodox or unique or rare. Yeah. Um, like when I watch your fights, I'm always like, I wonder what if there's going to be something new that I'll see out of him that I haven't seen before. Mm. And that's kind of interesting because you don't always think that about different fighters, you know? Yeah. Um, that's good, man. Cause every time I want to look different, bro, like I was actually really excited in the last one to show off a bunch of the wrestling and grappling stuff that I had been working because it's really cool. Like it's really, really cool. Like some of the stuff that I've, uh, I don't know how much he wants me to say his name or whatever, but Ryan Hall. Do you mm -hmm. know who Ryan Hall is? I know Kyle Hall, but <laughs> I don't think they're this a different. This, yeah. I mean, obviously it's a different, different. guy, but I don't, I don't yeah, even yeah. know each so, other. So Ryan also fights in the UFC. He hasn't fought in a couple of years, okay. but uh, man, some of the grappling stuff that I'm doing with him is just so cool, bro. And like, uh, I think it's going to be super exciting when I actually get to do it against like hopefully for a world title, you know, like I'm pumped for that. Is it kind of disappointing sometimes? Cause you guys have all these plans. You go into the fight and then sometimes <laughs> the fight ends so quick. And you're like, fuck dude, never, we bro. didn't even get to do that. Never dude. Really? Never. No, 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 no. Any bro. Anytime it can go like how it went last time, dude, <laughs> sign me fine. up for that okay. shit every single time, dude. Every single time. <laughs> yeah, I guess because I would always be bummed like, damn, dude, we didn't get to do any of the freaking headlocks, you know? <laughs> That's how I feel like that would be. But yeah, maybe you're right, dude. Maybe you're right, man. Um, Corey Sanhagen, man, bro, thank you so much for coming in, dude, and for just letting somebody who doesn't know much about fighting just kind of freely talk about you guys' sport, you know, and not like, uh, you know, it's just nice to be able to you know if i get things wrong or, or not get them right or something to not like 
feel like I'm, you know, uh, mm. being disrespectful to what you guys mm. do, mm. you know, because it's hard to learn and talk about things at the same time. Um, but it's exciting, man. So thank you guys. Congrats on all your success, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah excited you. to keep watching it, dude. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, bro. You bet, man. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just floating on the breeze, and I feel I'm falling like these leaves. I must be cornerstone. Oh, but when I reach that ground, I'll share this peace of mind I found. I can feel it in my bones, but it's gonna take a little time for me to set that parking brake and let myself unwind. Damn, they're gone, I guess.